You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you once again for our exclusive coverage of Third Watch. And it's a very special and sad day today as we are coming to you for the series finale, the last ever episode of Third Watch. Don't say it's that! It's so hard to believe that we are here. It seems just like yesterday we were doing the very first one and getting so excited for creating history. We are creating history because we are the only podcast or recordable media, I'm going to say, in the history of the world who has ever recapped every single episode of Third Watch to the extent we have. Today we're here to cover the 22nd episode of Season 6. It's called Goodbye to Camelot. It first aired on the 6th of May, 2005. It was written by Ed Allen Bonero. It was directed by... Ed Allen Bonero, and so happy that they can get one of the uh, showrunners to come in and uh, conclude, because that's how I think they should do it with TV shows along the way. My name is Ben, and damn it, listener, will you listen to us? (laughs) What's up, everybody? My name is Darvell, and I decide when it's been enough. Wow. Hey, and it's Brandy again, and I'm happy to be here. Woo! Oh, gee! <laughs> Who is this person on our episode? Thank you. Who is this? Who are you? What are you doing here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, Brandy. It's been welcome a back, long Brandy. time. I think we worked out uh, since our season three recap, basically, since you've been on an episode with us. So, uh, welcome back. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. It uh, was nice to hear your your introduction as 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 well as yours, Darvell. It's been a while. It's been a <laughs> yes, it really has. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, gee! You were on the very first Thank one you. with me, Brandy, back when we did Welcome to Camelot. And here you are. We thought it was appropriate for you to be back here for this one. And, of course, we'll have you on for our full series recap in a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just quickly have to say this to you. Uh, how are you feeling right now, given that you've missed a significant chunk of these episodes? But, uh, I mean, yeah, you were from the very beginning, and now here we are at the end. How's it, how's it feeling right now? Heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, that's a word that can sum it up. It's because I remember Welcome to Camelot when it first started and see just the growth. And it's funny because like this episode alone, you can just see that the characters have grown so much. Even Carlos and yet to like who I missed during the, like the last couple of seasons just to see his growth in this episode where when he first started out, he was selfish, you know, to sell the what was that episode? Important. What was it? What was it called? Ben. Important to Ben Carlos. Yes, and to where he's now really in love with this girl. It's it was heartbreaking to see like all these little babies are like not babies, but just seeing them grown. <laughs> <laughs> and then Doc. Oh goodness. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy, crazy. Oh, Darvell, yeah. you. what about you? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, you've been here for the most episodes, I guess, in terms of our co-hosts, but, I mean, you, you've mentioned a few times that it's, it's obviously, for yourself, it's sad. It's sad for everyone here that we're at the last episode, but also a bit exciting, I guess, at some point as well. Yeah, I <clears throat> tell you the truth, there was a time when, when we, of course, our listeners won't know this, but I still remember when we took that, that like, six-month, or even longer than that hiatus after we recorded season after we after the three of us recorded the season three recap you know i actually started to wonder if we would ever get back to it (laughs) um again like i said of course of course our listeners won't know that because we release we record these things way 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 in advance but yeah we, we had to we all had to step away after after season three you know 
because <clears throat> yeah, all of us were going through going all of us were transitioning um, in life. All of, yeah, tra- transitioning in life. There we go. I wanted to say going through some rough shit, but I couldn't think, but I but that didn't sound appropriate. Um yeah, all of us were transitioning in life and we needed to step back and all that and I I didn't think we would get here. And I'm um, I'm glad we have and at the same time I'm sad we have because it is a it's the last one, <laughs> the last ep- the last third watch episode anyway. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that we've I'm glad that we've made it here. It's interesting because and sad. It's interesting because obviously last week, you know, very negative, saying that it was the worst episode ever, third watch, at least from my perspective. But it's kind of unique this episode and the fact that I always feel this is definitely an episode that it just it flies by, like it just it goes by so quickly. And I think it's it's weird because I mentioned this last week. I'm not a fan of kind of like the first ten fifteen minutes of it. I think it's pretty bad. But then it's like it picks up and it's. My history with this episode is that when I very first saw it, I wasn't a huge fan of how they ended it. And I guess out of context, though, was that I saw the finale well before I'd even seen the majority of season five and season six, because that was then in Australia when they kind of completely stopped showing Third Watch, and it was very hard to even be able to watch the show. And I think maybe I'd seen, like, the first couple episodes of season five, and then it was just like, hey, cool, we're going to forget about it. We're not going to show it anymore. So I remember being at a friend's house, and this was kind of roundabout when I discovered how you can download TV shows and kind of when that was still a thing. And my friend had, like, super fast internet, had ability to download episodes, and I was like, hey, I think the last ever episode of Third Watch aired this week, can you download it for me? So we watched that together, and watching it's a bit weird without context, you know, like, not knowing kind of who Finney or Grace are, and sort of having no clue why Cruz is doing what she's doing, and, you know, why Yokus and Bosco are weird together, and just things like that. So it was... It was weird to watch it, and I remember watching it, like, oh, I didn't like that. I didn't like how it ended. But then, kind of, when you watch it up until that point, and you kind of get it, like, I've definitely come full circle in, in appreciating what they do, because I think, at the end of the day, I don't know if there's much else you really could have done to wrap this show up. I think that they do it justice, and I think the final five minutes which I'm looking forward to, Arvel. I hope you've rehearsed. Um, I, I, I really appreciate... Yes, I have. I pre- Haven't I, Brandy? <laughs> you have. I really appreciate the fact that they can bookend that with, uh, you know, Battersea from one to the other. But having said that, there is also one of the worst oversights in the history of Third Watch in this episode when it comes to uh, continuity. Uh, Darvel, I, I just want to ask quickly both of you your, your history with this. Darvel, did you, I know sort of you picked up a little bit on the show a bit later, but did you watch this show before going, this episode before going back to watch the original episodes or uh, refresh my memory and how you kind of got to this point with Third Watch? <clears throat> okay, well, as I've said, um, the first clip I vividly remember seeing of Third Watch was the clip where Alex died. And so that, that started getting my attention, especially after I found out exactly how it was. And then um, I just randomly searched Third Watch on YouTube one day. One of the first things that came up was the opening moments of the premiere of this season, More Monsters, with the raging hospital shootout. And then I, so I, I watched that. The, 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 the police officers and Donald Mann's minions shooting, shooting it out in the, in the middle of the ER or throughout the ER. Um, and then I watched that whole episode, and I was like, hmm, this might be something I'm interested in checking out. So I went back to the beginning and blazed my way through the entire series when it was up on, U- when it was up on YouTube. 
And so, yeah, that's how I that's how I got to this episode. Okay, Brandy, what about yourself? Like, uh, I, I it's been a while since you've been on the show. I kind of remember sort of your history. To be completely honest, I mean, did you watch this when it aired on TV? Were you were a, a later, uh, I guess, person to be able to watch this one? It was. I can't. I think it was like maybe fourth, fifth season. Um, my mom was sitting on the sofa one day, and I think it was. I know there was an episode. Uh, I don't know which episode, but I do remember like one time we was watching an episode where Sergeant Cruz found out that she had the cancer, had cancer, and that was one of the episodes I remember just being stuck. But I think I went back because I think they they might have had reruns at one point, and. Uh, I don't remember exactly what season, but I do know I wasn't happy with the finale mm-hmm. at one like early on. But watching it last night, there was no. I realize now there was no better way to do to how it ended, especially with you know Marissa Cruz. You know, at first I wasn't happy. I was like, how dare they? You know that that's BS. But now I'm like, you know what? That was perfect. Yeah. I get it. It's yeah that and oh no no go ahead I I had nothing else to say oh, I was just okay. being an idiot I don't know okay talk, talk to you shut up man. <laughs> okay all right <laughs> okay that and you know yeah they're they're really and I've said this I've said this several times before in fact I've lost count of the number of times I've said it but as as and I know you have I know you guys have your I know you guys have your issues with the finale as well with the finale and everything but um and i know brandy you and i know both of you have come to appreciate it more as you've seen it again but my my whole thing with the finale is i like it purely because they do the best they can they they do the best they can with the little notice they had that it was being canceled because as i as i've said and i didn't know exactly when the announcement was made until i started researching the show as i was blazing my my way through it on youtube the announcement came in in march of o, in march of 05 that they were being canceled um that they were officially being canceled and then i started you know learning that every season that they never they never knew if they were coming back or not um so they they were always on the bubble um and didn't help that nbc was always booting it around their schedule but um but yeah i i've always appreciated this episode you know because they had such little time to really put anything together and yet they still managed it i think so. that's a good way of yeah I, I think that's a good way of looking at it i mean by all means, this is not the perfect ending. There are definitely parts of this where it does feel rushed. And I think, you know, leading into sort of the opening, I think we can kind of lump pretty much all this opening sort of shootout explosion stuff into, you know, pretty quickly because this is, this is the part where I really do not like it. And I think they've just purely done this for the fact of, hey, let's draw the viewers in. You and I talked a bit about the promo last week, Darvell, and just, you've got to show the explosion. Next Friday, you got to show the band. NBC event. And it just, it just makes no sense. Like, it just, it, like, I talked about last season how it makes no sense that a bunch of armed people are storming into a, a hospital and are blowing people to bits and then that's kind of it. Like, like how the hell is this a thing where somebody drives in a Hummer and throws grenades through a window and blows up, fires with AK-47s, and you don't have half of New York descending on this ESU and kind of tack teams. Like, this is a show where they send in SWAT over a guy who might have a bag of weed. 
Yet, like, come on. Like, they're sending the army into this, basically, if you've got somebody blowing up. Especially after 9-11. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I caught that, too. Like, it's funny you said that, because I caught that, too. When, uh, when they're like, we need backup, and then only a few, you see Carlos, he finally shows up, and it's like, Wait, it's barely like anyone on the street still. <laughs> and and then also the yeah. thing too, I think, which is an issue, is just that like the 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 precinct feels so lifeless in the opening part as well as the end part. And this is what we were saying last week, Darvel, yeah. about how it's convenient that everybody has to show up to the building. Up until this point, we've seen this as a living, breathing precinct. Like, it's not all about our major characters. Like, when you have roll call in the morning and Lou's talking to the room, the third watch shift, it's not just Bosco, Yokus, Davis, Sully. It's not just them. There's a whole other group of, like, 20 other cops who are in there. But this episode and the end of last episode, we only see, like, maybe about three or four other random cops who are there. And then even at the end of this episode, when we get the incredibly cheesy line of, the third watch is dismissed... Why are there only, like, seven cops there? Like, like there's just... There are definite parts of this where it's rushed and they've, they've gone over and gone, fuck, you know, we need to do this. But I just need to point that out, that as much as I can come to appreciate this episode, this is by no means a perfect finale. No, you're right. I, uh... I agree with that. I think... I know... I get what they're coming from, with though, focusing on the main ones, but... There was so much that was left out, so much more to be desired. Yeah. I, if it wasn't, I could say, if it wasn't for Soli, I don't think it would be as great as anything as it as we could accept. He made, I think that last five minutes is what made it. Agree, completely agree. What, you know, <clears throat> I couldn't agree with all that. Yep, yeah, there, sorry, go ahead, about Tabo. And and not not only that, but well, initially I was just clearing my throat, but I mean, not <laughs> not only that, but. Uh, you know, if going back to what you said, you know, I didn't think of it like that until you meant until you guys mentioned it. Yeah, bring, yeah, get everybody involved in this when the when the when when Marcel Hollis's crew are are blowing up the are tossing grenades and shooting up the police station and all that. I mean, literally bring bring in the big guns. You know, have have every every cop in there, every cop in the precinct, and every. Even the ones that we don't see, like in that case for me, it's every one of them. But <laughs> uh, mic drop. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, bring in, bring in, you know, get get every cop out there. Have them, have them all. Maybe this would have been over the top. Have them all shooting it out with Marcel Hollis's crew. Bring in, bring in SWAT. Bring in ESU. Bring in everybody, and have it. Have it turn into you know everybody coming together to try to to try to protect the the precinct and with regards to the fire in the precinct, oh, yes. you know if you're gonna bring if you're gonna bring back the original cast and everything, not only have not only yeah have have Billy have Walsh and all them from the fire station across the street respond and actually show them responding. Bring in Jimmy and his crew yeah. from the other fire station. It's, it's still a massive fuck you to the firefighters in this episode. Like, yeah, okay, you've got one scene, but... And that's one thing I just want to quickly add, too, that, like, the big thing in, in the promo, like, the original cast reunite, like, it's... like First of all, let me to just... say goodbye. Let me, first of all, start off that I am thrilled that Michael Beach, Kim Raver, and Eddie Cibrian all came back for the finale. Because I, I, one thing I really like about when a show ends is that original cast members who are still around, and even when they've died in the show, they still can, like, I remember in ER, like, Anthony Edwards still came back to do an episode in the final season, yet he was, spoiler alert, like, killed off, like, seven seasons previously. But, like, I mean, you know, I, I appreciate that when they do that. I think 
we'll get to the Doc and Carlos scene because it's maybe one of my favourite scenes in all of Third Watch. But I think the thing that does give me a bit of disappointment is that Eddie Cibrian and Kim Raver literally have like a five second cameo and you don't hear them speak. Like I would have really liked it, Darby. That's a great idea. Have Jimmy come in as a rescue, as some sort of thing, or even just have a scene before the wedding where you see Carlos like, hey, it's Kim. Hey, it's Jimmy. Oh, here's your new little baby. Oh, fuck, Joey's grown up. Like, just something like that. And the one thing that I will say, which I know it was no way they could have done this, but this is just me being the Third Watch fanboy. How great would it have been if we had had a reference to Bobby or Taylor in this episode? Just so that pretty much all or the main characters were mentioned. I mean, yes, then you ugly have to add Fred in there somewhere. But, you know, Yokus can easily name drop Fred somewhere. But, like, have every single major character in the history of this show at least mentioned. Like, a Bobby or a, or a Taylor mentioned. Just a name Bobby in this episode or Taylor would have just made me, like, put this episode up even further. But, yeah. Yeah. Like, let's say, let, let's say it probably would have been cheesy, but let's say that instead of one baby, Kim and Jimmy had had twins, boy and girl, name them Bobby and Alexandra. Yeah. Yeah. Like. That would have been great. I, oh, that actually, that would have been such a good idea. Like, imagine that, like having like them in the thing, like, oh, you know, Carlos, like, oh, I've not seen your kid before. What's her name? And they're just like Bobby and they just have a little moment like, oh, Bobby. Like. <laughs> and and oh, no, actually, actually, Carlos, we had, we had twins, a boy and a girl, but. Like it here, here, here they are, Bobby and Alexandra. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I thought about Candyman when I watched the episode last <laughs> night for some reason. Walking through uh, the precinct one more time. I think it would have been a cool, like, just a cool moment of seeing some of the officers you walk through that precinct at one point, like Candyman. I thought about that, just him walking through the precinct. It's just like a flashback of those major characters that were there at one point, and then yeah. Candyman wasn't really much of a major character, though. No, it wasn't. Was he? But he had a he had a role, with Davis, in his character arc. I think. And yes, he did. I think that was a huge. I don't know. I, he wasn't one of my favorites. I don't think about him often. But last night, I thought about him, and I was like, maybe that was left oh, desire. Like, all these- <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. Um. I wow. <laughs> no. I- <laughs> Oh come on, Brady! You know, know. Hey, we, we had to we had to reinitiate you back into here. <laughs> okay, shake it off, shake it off. Hey, why right? you can't be part of the frat if you don't behave? I get it. <laughs> like we could have had lots of that. I think it would have been good. Like you know. Uh, a Jerry mention, um, you know, Bro- yeah. Brooke. Oh, yes, Jerry, definitely. Um, you know, Not really. Um, oh, why have I gone blank on Lisa, Mad- Lisa Vidal's character's name? God damn it. Um, yeah, Sarah. Sarah, I, yes. Thank you. Sarah Morales. Morales. Yeah. Like, you know, just little things there. Maybe have her good. visiting Doc. Maybe have this a scene thing. where maybe have a scene where she finds out what happens to what happened to Doc and she goes to visit him. Remember, it's only ninety minutes down the road to fucking Philadelphia or whatever it is. Um, I I was <laughs> I would have been happy for a for a Gussler like bring back Steve Gussler, you know? Oh, remember him? Um, yeah, like there's plenty of opportunities I think, and like you know, as fans, we can always be like, hey, they should have done this, but. I think at the end of the day, like, yeah, they've done what they yeah. could. Um, there are definitely elements of this episode which really don't work. But, yeah, well, I mean, speaking of which, I mean, the, again, the first 10 minutes essentially is just this attack. And somehow Yokus survives getting uh, a grenade thrown, like, right in front of her. <laughs> um, we have cop cars <laughs> blowing up outside. There's gunfire. Everyone's surviving all of this. Um, I don't get it. Um, we've got Lou on the radio. The precinct's under attack. And... 
then um, everything's happening. And then we've got the fire crew. Remember them? They're watching a movie and there's explosions on TV and they realise that it was not the movie. It's happening out there. Uh, Carlos telling Holly to get down there. Remember, this is all happening on the same day, basically, from the last two episodes. So, you know, we've got that. Marcel is screaming for help. Um, for for Cruz that she's stuck. Davis goes out the back. Jelly's trying to put a fire out. Bosco's trying to put a fire out. Um, and this all kind of leads to everybody going outside, and except for uh, Cruz is going to be stuck underneath a giant piece of wood or whatever it is. And then um, you've got Monroe kind of goes up to rescue her. Finney and Grace are in the hospital, and. This this is definitely something that makes no sense. The fact that, A, this is on TV, like, it literally happened five minutes earlier. Like, I've worked in newsrooms where you hear things over the uh, scanner, and, like, by the time you get there and out there, you're not there within five minutes and live on TV. And secondly, where the fuck are the TV crews? Because when we see the outside of this house, there is no TV crews there filming this house. So I don't know how this is breaking news on New York One um, with the invisible TV cameras. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny, but uh, so we see the Hammers drive off, and uh, nobody puts chasing after them. Uh, they all point guns at Carlos at one point, and you know, whoa, whoa, don't shoot, don't shoot. Uh, and Holly at one point is yelling for like help. She sounds like she's sick. I don't know if Von Jung maybe had a cold or something there at some point. Um, but eventually, Sasha smashes through a window and gets the help, and they ram her out and. They rescue Cruz and um, Munro from the building. Um, yeah, it's not my favourite moment of this episode. Again, it's probably my least favourite. No one is seriously hurt. We find out. We conveniently find out that our child molesterer, who got taken into the precinct, um, is being killed. This is just one of those ones where it's kind of weird. Like, oh, let's oh. celebrate the fact that he's dead. Um, I know he's a child molester, well, but yeah. come on. Um, like, um, Hell, I would be. But anyway, so that's kind of our... Opening. We also conveniently find out that Marcel has escaped. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I might just sort of put it there. Uh, any of you want to jump in and give your thoughts on this one, Darvel? Uh, much to say about the owner? Cause, uh, yeah, there's nothing really much to add here. It's just all over the top action and it's kind of like, let's put a promo. And again, as I said before, the precinct just feels so empty. I don't know what it is. It just feels so empty at this point. I'm going to let Brandy go first. Oh, wow. Okay. I was <laughs> not prepared. Um, honestly, I didn't think much about the action. This is, for me, this was like just coming into something I have been away for so long that first, like, I love Sergeant Cruz, but Monroe and Sergeant Cruz, like the relationship, I didn't, I remember, I think I told you, Ben, like how, how I wish there was more scenes with them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that that part was more touching to me years ago i don't know why but i think i've missed something there and along and with marcel there's not much to say i mean was he played by a white cliff gene yeah. am i mistaken white cliff john yes yeah okay okay so he was okay there was not much much there's not much to say about those scenes it was kind of action-packed uh just to show that this is what's happening i mean i think i have more to say towards the more emotional scenes and yeah oh you're here you're here a lot for me <laughs> When it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like, I think this is just... Yeah, and for me, too. Connected. Yeah, do you have much to add on this, Darvel, or...? No, not really. Well, I think, I think too, the, the Wycliffe Sean stuff, and Darvel and I talked about this in the last few weeks, I think there's just something definitely missing from this storyline, The you know, what we had him in for four episodes or so. And I think kind of... It, even the way they concluded in this episode, to me, just doesn't feel like that would be it. Like, I mean, we saw that 
you know, with Maddox, basically, when he gets shot so straight away, Wycliffe Sean comes in to replace him. Like, there's a number three in the 108s. He's going to take over this. Like, it's it's just an odd storyline which they've gone with. And how the fuck does he escape? <laughs> like, I mean, like, it's just, it's... it's As, How does he escape that? All that carnage. Yeah. And there's this, no way he doesn't escape. This is a guy who's been brought in Ow. from Rikers. He's, like, you know, a fugitive now. Like, again... Half of New York is after this guy. Like, we've seen this show go after random strangers who might have a disease, let alone a guy who is wanted for, like, murdering people and kind of inciting a gang war on the streets of New York. So, like, this guy is wanted. They're sending off a lot of people after this guy. Not one casual cop to walk in there with hands in her pockets, conveniently, um, and just let her in there. Like, Marcel knows this, but, like, uh just ignoring the plot po- plot holes in this uh, storyline. <laughs> but I like... There's a few random moments here which I like kind of the next day. Like, um, I like random Holly and Emily. But then Yokus... Like, bitch Yokus here. Completely shutting down Holly. Where she's just like... You know, like, oh, Holly's like, oh, she might make a great paramedic one day. And Yokus like, oh, maybe even a doctor. And it's like, wow. Jesus. <laughs> Yokus. I was surprised. Yeah. But then I, I really, I kind of like the moment when Bosco storms off because he obviously wants to go after them straight away. Yokus kind of half-heartedly is all like, Bosco, which again, don't get me started on my issues between Bosco and Yokus in this episode. But then Cruz kind of like, you know, I'll go talk to him. We get our final little cruz Yokus little standoffy moment was the way Yokus is kind of like, you. And then she kind of walks after him. Um... And I do, I like this moment between Bosco and Cruz. And this is going back, uh, Davo, what we were saying last week about Bosco and, and Yokus. The fact that we get more of a conclusion between uh, Cruz and Bosco, given that it's been a good season and a half since we've had anything with these two. Um, and I just, I love kind of just the way she's just kind of like, can you see? Like, and, you know, we're going to find this, we'll find that, and kind of just the way they set up and go for it. Um we get a random moment of everybody going inside the precinct to kind of see it all, and they're all, like, all shocked. And as a fan, I feel like we're meant to be more shocked that this precinct has been destroyed, but I just don't feel it. Is that wrong? Like, I mean, I'm, I've been connected to the precinct over six seasons, don't get me wrong, but, like, they're treating it like this was it. This was the only hub base, whereas I feel like we equally got shared for most of this with the firehouse. So that's why I don't feel like as sad as we should be at this moment, if that makes sense. Either of you can, can go. Okay. I can go. Okay. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, and I think that's where I come back with the, you know, the touching point for me was when I thought about Candyman. Darvell, be quiet. Just kidding. <laughs> 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 when I thought about him, I was like, uh, I think if they gave that touching moment of all the cops who have walked past it and made it a little bit more emotional to the aspect, I think it would have been more sad. Mm-hmm. Again, I think it really took solely to make that. I think he made it. But if they did better with the firehouse and like all the people who walked past the characters that were a major part. And just show a little bit of scenes of a flashback. It didn't have to be, like, a major thing, but just, like, a flashback. Well, I think would have yeah. there would have been a more emotional yeah. impact about 55 camels, just, you know, on the yeah. Just to jump in, Darvel, before you do that, that that's a very good point, because I think kind yeah. of we had that with Jimmy's farewell last season, where kind of he was just sort of glancing around the firehouse, and you just heard the voices 
of, you know, Taylor yeah. and other people. And, like, you didn't need to see them, but you just heard them. And, like, we that would have been great to have a scene like that. Like, you know, uh, just have yeah. flashback voices. And, like, it's not like Third Watch hasn't done it before. I mean, we only had it, like, a couple of weeks ago with Bosco when he shot Monroe and was kind of having, like, those voices in his head. So, like, yeah, I think that would have worked really good. Yeah. Oh, my yep. goodness. I remember that. Okay. <laughs> the one where Monroe got shot, accidentally just, shot by Bosco? Can I just, like, I don't know if this has anything to do with this episode, but the Davis and Sasha, I always felt like it was, it felt first in this episode for some reason. I, I, I never got over how he did her when, wow. with the whole rat in a, he did her. how he did her wrong. I never, I didn't think it should have ended how it ended. Like they, she should, she could have done much better, but we, anyways. we talked a lot about that kind of at the beginning, these two kind of felt forced and didn't really feel like yeah. they had that chemistry there. But I think we kind of came to the conclusion a couple of weeks ago where they have that sort of makeup scene where, you know, he's, he basically comes full circle and apologize and everything. I think that was a point where they felt right. They felt right as a couple and we were like, Oh, good on them. But it's, I think kind of what we've established with this episode in the last couple episodes yeah. is there are definitely some ep- uh, characters who are just shoved aside like after like what episode 19 or 20 davis is and monroe are just kind of side characters sully is a desk clerk who has just been phoning it in for the last couple of weeks um even like bosco and yokus kind of just like last week was in that final major scene we've got a bit of a scene with them this week but don't even get me started again of how much it pisses me off that we don't get a proper conclusion with them um but like yeah it's just okay i won't get you started we'll just wait till it gets to that uh it's, I would have loved to have seen like a moment when they uh, when she was like Bosco. It would have been nice to see like a little like the waffle mm. like as a flashback or like little moments <laughs> like that where we, see, where we see a little character arc and then like that's it. Like even if there was like no like friendly conclusion, I, for me I would have been like cool to see like a little like the waffle and like little like, iconic moments between them before they walk away from each other, where like they, people realize that there was once that. <laughs> I, I want the one of them in the like, car with uh, boss uh, where Yokus is hungry. She's like food. Now! Yes! Uh, yes! Like, just show just a few of those moments when she was like Bosco, and they like show, like, you know, like, yeah. I don't know what that's called, like, if it's like a flashback where One they time. play that, a few episodes, mm-hmm. and then they move, you know, and then they can walk, you know. Yeah. Be made, that would even made the uh, precinct even more touching as well, I think, if they just showed a lot more to right. that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, there was. Yep, there. Oh, man. What was I going to say about the. Yeah, you guys have pretty much said it all there with regards to the precinct. Um, are you skipping over the scene where? Are you? Are you? Did you skip the scene where uh, Carlos finally pops the question? No, no, we're not there yet. We're about to get there yet. We're we're, oh, we're not there okay. yet because we're going to have a string of scenes here where almost is like three scenes, four scenes in a row which I've all put down as potential nominees for top 5 moments. And this this is where the episode like it's good. And, like, it is boom, 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 boom. I'll shit, oh. we're at the end. Like, there's there's so much happening from this point on, basically. So, kind of, um, they've gone inside the house and they've kind of, yeah, the precinct and gone, oh, shit, oh, my God. This is then when we're at Cruz's apartment um, and kind of, you know, she's sort of talking to Bosco a little bit about saying, like, hey, I'm not that, you know, mushy person. I even tried to find religion and didn't help and... Uh, you know, she tells the bot like Bosco's like, "How the hell did you get all those weapons?" And she's like, "What? You didn't keep some of these over the years?" And Bosco's like, "Ah, uh, no, I turned them in." Uh, and then they we find out that they've traced the call that Marcel made, which again I complained about yes uh, last week, saying how like did they not listen into these calls uh, to an auto shop? And they're going to go check it out. Um, and like 
look, little nitpicks I have to have about this episode because as much as I appreciate everything from this point on, there are definitely things you just they go over the top and kind of throw out reality with a lot of this. Like, how the fuck does Cruz manage to steal this many weapons and never get like into trouble for it for starters? Um, and like. <laughs> The thing, the, the one thing though, I will say with Cruz that I like, and this kind of goes on to my defense of her and the full circleness of her character. Like we've talked about this season, how Cruz has kind of come to terms with her illness and she's kind of accepting it, and that's kind of led her a little bit to, you know, speak to the Santa Maria religion and kind of, you know, possibly get treatment. But it's really been in this last day when she's like shot this kid and essentially now getting so angry that a precinct's attacked that she kind of realizes what she has to do. Um, and even like here when she's like staring in a box of weapons and she just stares at the grenades and kind of, you know, gets them as well. Um, we then get Swirsky having a bit of a moment there, apologizing to Munro for leaving her in the building, thought everyone was out. Okay. Uh, but here we go. This is our first, uh, potential top five moment of the season. Um, as in of this episode, I should say we've had plenty during the season. Um, and what I, I would say one of two that I think really are strong arguments to actually make the top five. Uh, and it's a very short scene, this one. So <laughs> Holly comes storming over to Carlos and he's going off about the fact that Yokers are just completely <sighs> distant. And uh, Carlos is trying to get a word in. She's going off. And then we get the famous line of, Damn it, Holly, will you marry me? <laughs> Bit of Jack Bauer in there. <laughs> uh, and I think the funniest... I love this scene. The, maybe the funniest part of this whole scene, though, is just like, Holly's just completely shocked. And then I just love in the background how you've got Davis, you've got Monroe, you've got Grace, and they're all kind of ushering to him, like, get down on one knee, get down on one knee, what are you doing? And then Carlos is like, oh, all right. They, so he gets down on one knee. And then she's all are like, they, yes, yes, are they yes. Like and mock she, kneeling or? No, no, they're just basically saying, like, hey, like, come on, you've got to get down on one knee. Um, and then Holly's like, yes, 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 and pounces on top of him, and they're engaged. So. Yay! And, like, this is... The positive yeah. about this is, like, yeah, they've completely fucked you, the firefighters. Like, we don't even care about you anymore. But at least they've kept an element of paramedics this season, even though it's really only Carlos, uh, for the most part, with Holly and Grace there. But, um, I mean, this scene is amazing. Come on, this is great. We can't not be negative about this scene. Oh, no. It's one of my favourites from this episode, actually. And I, I say this all the time. I wonder if that was how... Anthony provo- proposed to Yvonne. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. We have to get them back on to ask that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brandy, what, what do you have to say? <laughs> oh, not much about the... I, I mean, it was always funny. It was cool because it was such Holly keep, to keep going in on like that. And so when he said that, it was... It was always it's an iconic scene, but I don't really have much to talk about it. To be honest, I have more to say about the when he when he mentioned like Cruz. I just thought that that seems like one of my favorites when he's like, "How do you have this stash?" Kind of, and she's like, "I did turn everything in." <laughs> like, don't you have some? He's like, "No, I always turn them in." Yeah, <laughs> I think that. Was- <laughs> but it's just yep, it's yep. such a cruel thing to have that whole stash and Brock goes like no I turn everything in and she's like well I didn't <laughs> and she just cried. I just I just like, oh man it's, yeah, it's I mean I, that's uh, gonna lead us in really to this bit because and again like I've, I've literally jotted down on my paper here like four moments in a row that are top five. And I, I kind of think it's important that you kind of separate the two scenes we're about to get with Cruz and Bosco and then Cruz going in. Um, Absolutely. But, like, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to go from the beginning to the end here and then we can kind of all lump it in together because there's a bit to say about this. So we have Cruz and Bosco pulling up outside this auto shop. 
Um, and then essentially Cruz is having this speech to Bosco, you know, saying like they think they can all get together, they'll beat us. Um, and, you know, they're kind of right. But the thing is, they're not expecting for one person just to come in there. Uh, and then she basically says to Bosco, like, you wait for the right time and then you call back up. And then Bosco's like, well, how will I know what the right time is? And she's like, you'll know. And then Bosco's kind of not sure about this, like, hey, I should come in with you. And then he's kind of like, are you sure about this? And then just, I, I always love this moment. I just love this moment so much when she just leans in and kisses him. Like, I don't know why, because it's kind of like, Bosco and Cruz were so over with in season four. Like, it's kind of been, it's not a thing that's been recurring. But there's just, and this goes back to my point, that you get more of a conclusion between these two. But I think it's, it's perfect. Like, the only other person I think you could have in this moment is Manny. And in no way is there ever been a connection between those two where you think she would kiss him. So I think it's important that, you know, as Cruz is about to die, she needs to have at least someone there to kind of have a last farewell, even though they don't realise it's a farewell, if you know what I mean. So I just love this moment. Yeah. I love it when she kisses him. I love the look on Bosco's face because he's just kind of like, what the fuck's going on? Um, and then, ah, oh, it's just such a good moment. Then she goes into the building and... There's going to be a few issues I have with this, though, because, like, legitimately, she goes up to this door where there's, like, about three or four people with guns. They search her, but they don't search her pockets where she has her hands in there. But, like, they are the worst gangbangers ever. Like, they deserve to get blown up because they do not search. Like, how do they know that she doesn't have fucking guns in her hands? She's got fucking grenades in her hands. No wonder they get blown up, idiots. Uh, okay, now it's my turn to say all gangbangers of the world, Ben Waterworth. No, no, I'm saying these fictional ones are the dumbest <laughs> gangbangers of the world. You were the one who a couple of weeks ago were saying that oh, real-life gangbangers are stupid. Real-life gangbangers are very intelligent people who should continue to do what they do and just be good business people. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? Hey. Long story, but let's go ahead and share it. What the hell? We're having fun. We're all together. Let's go ahead and share it. Darvell decided to put his foot in it a few weeks ago by basically calling uh, real-life gang members idiots. And then I was like, well, you're no, dead. Not- <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have missed a lot. Like, I don't think they sh- – I, I, I grew up in the hood. I was around gay. Oh, my goodness. That would be a whole different conversation if I was on it. <laughs> no, I mean – they're definitely not stupid. I mean, dude, should they do what they're doing? Depends on what they're doing. No. But <laughs> they're pretty much intelligent businessmen. Like Ben has said, like my brother, uh, not going to say a name, but been in prison for selling heavy core, hard, you know, hardcore drugs. And, you know, if he actually took that smarts and put it into something legit, he could do well. They're mm. pretty they're pretty smart. It's just they, they're not, they don't have the confidence to take it somewhere else or they're just so used to that lifestyle. But, again, I don't think they should keep doing what they're doing, depending on what they're doing, too, though. I'm it's saying that to survive, they... Brandy. I don't want them to come after okay. me. That's... Oh, 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 I got your back. Don't worry. I got your back. <laughs> I live in New Zealand, all right? There's some gangs here, okay? So just, um... Yeah. Is there? Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. I guess I'm so used to American gangs that other gangs from other... Besides maybe, like, Russia or, like, like the Asian cultures, I'm not so scared of. <laughs> But we, uh, so yeah, they, these, this guard does not search her. So she walks inside. And again, this goes back to my point. Like, Marcel has escaped. He is a wanted man. He's a fugitive. He is just too calm. Like, I guess that's the point of his character. Like, he's calm and thinks he's the best. But, like, at the end of the day, like, why yeah. does he just openly let a cop inside here, even though it is Cruz? So, 
Um, and then we just kind of, you know, Cruz is like, you attack my precinct. I'm here to, you know, help give you an offer. And then, uh, let's decide what happens. We get that great line from, um, you know, I decide when I've had enough. Uh, and then basically Cruz is like, that's your final answer. And she, he's all like, yep. And then she pulls out pins from his pockets. Your terms are dictated. Goodbye, Marcel. Boom. Uh, to which we get this shot of uh, everybody falling off the roof, flailing around, dying. Bosco completely shocked. And then we're going to fade into a one-month-later scene. Now, I'm going to pause it there for a second in terms of what we're talking about because there are a couple of things here. We also need to eulogise Cruz because this is what we do when we have characters die or leave the show. And it's been a while since we've had a major character death. Um, can we just point out that Cruz is going to get a Medal of Honor or a commendation at the end of this episode? She just became a suicide bomber. And I just don't think that even the NYPD, despite the fact that she's wiped out half the gang or whatever, like, are they really going to reward her doing that? I just don't think it's right. Um, and, like, I think in a weird way, you can't, I have, would. you can't have Cruz go out any other way. I'm not going to complain about the way she goes. I think it kind of makes sense and that she would sacrifice herself given that how much sacrifices she's done over the years. It's just, um, I don't believe that this this war is over. I think, as I said before, like there's a number three in the 108 that are going to be doing this. And, um, you know, I think maybe they've improved the situation slightly. But, yeah, there's, there's a bit around this which is a bit honky. But, um, again, I think Cruz going out this way is the only way that she can go out. And, I mean, before we eulogise Cruz as a character, I think maybe we just talk about the scene first. Uh, we'll go to you first, Darvell. I mean, just am I going completely crazy here by thinking it's a little bit unbelievable that she's going to go out with a, a Medal of Honor for being a suicide bomber? You know, I'm honestly torn there. Because on the one hand, yeah, I agree. She is essentially a suicide bomber, but... But realistically, how else would they have taken Marcel out? Because how else would how else would how else would would Marcel and his and and his gang that was there how else would they have been brought down? I, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I'm not necessarily saying I don't. I, I think my issue is the fact that she would get rewarded for this. Um, that's kind of my issue. Um, I feel as though that you wouldn't get rewarded in United States policing. Like maybe in different countries, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe enough about. I just, yeah, I just called, feel. Oh god, this wouldn't. is so horrible to say. Go for it, Darvell. It's those network. Be, being saying shit like that. being, you know, going basically going out being a suicide bomber. Yeah, you, and you saying, yeah, I don't think you get a. I don't think you would get awarded for that in in the in the United States or in, or or. And then you were like, maybe in some countries. And I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it's called Parts of the Middle East. Possibly. Uh, but that would have been horrible to say. <laughs> you said it. So. So, <laughs> I did. So it's out there. Go ahead, Brandy. <laughs> to be honest, here, honestly, I could, we do have a, a thing called the CIA. So, I mean, I could definitely see it happening, to be honest. Because, there, I mean, it's not, it's not unrealistic. I mean, look at, I mean, just look at how our system is. I mean, with what some cops do get celebrated about. So it's not too far-fetched mm-hmm. for Americans to, if that was the case, and this was a realistic scenario, I could definitely see a, a police officer such as Sergeant Cruz 
you never followed about the rules, get in order that medal. I mean, she stayed all these cops' lives. I mean, every day when a cop goes to court for killing someone or killing somebody who's unarmed, he gets so much more support than anything else. Or if they say, oh, this cop did this, but really he didn't do anything that was right, he still gets awarded. So it's not too far-fetched in our, in our system. I don't think so. That's a good point. I mean... That's a good point. I mean, if it was like... A, now, if, if, he was, if she was Muslim, and yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. She would not get... She, <laughs> I mean, it's America. After 9-11, we have a biased uh, perception of who, what we consider certain things. I mean, if a black person does something versus a white or a Muslim versus, you know... But it was Sergeant Crew. <laughs> she was a cop. Mm. I mean, I... Uh, I'm just going by how our current system is, you know. I mean, realistically, yeah, I, I can see it happening. That's a good point. It's Yeah, I think it's a good point. I think, though, the important thing here, though, is that, yeah, we do um, eulogize Cruz because I think um, we, you know, we do this with any major character leaving. Uh, we kind of take a few moments to tribute. And even though it is the final episode, I think that it's important that we do that. Um, I, I, th- I feel, though, like you came into this episode... Knowing that someone, at least one of the major characters, is going to die, and I, it's generally kind of a trope of TV shows anyway. But I think kind of Cruz was the obvious one because, you know, unfortunately she is dying anyway. So I kind of think it, it makes the most sense. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go last because I feel like I I rabbit on about Cruz a lot as it is. I'll let you go, Brandy. Uh, like give me give me your thoughts on the Cruz character. Like obviously you, you know you haven't sort of been on the whole journey with us this rewatch but i mean based on your knowledge and your fandom or your like or your dislike of cruise kind of uh t- give us your thoughts overall on her in third watch just all overall okay just overall um, oh man i don't know where to start i feel like you and i would go hard for her for so long <laughs> because uh first of all she i don't know like when this when she when that when the explosion happened I remember, like, really, like, physically feeling like I lost a big sister. For me, that's how much she meant to me. You know, I uh, was just like, I wish, I wish you, I think part of me wanted to live longer because I wanted, you know, it's just like losing a loved one. You want them to live longer than, you know, their time. But the way it went out, I don't see Cruz as the kind of person to get chemo and go through the, she was too badass for that. I'm not saying that chemo's not badass, but she was just one of those people like, fuck this, I'm going to go blow up this building that's how badass she was she's like fuck i'll just go out my own on my own terms i don't you know and she didn't want no sympathy she didn't want to be people to be sympathetic towards her you know her sickness and but it was her you know her character overall um i feel like i missed so much because like now that i'm older i feel like i would see more inside insightful for, i would see uh more about her however like from what i've gathered i think over the years is she was very misunderstood i'm gonna say that I could be wrong when I go back and watch, but I think she was very misunderstood. I, and agree, I agree. Just to chime I in. I feel like if she was a guy doing this, she would have got less rap. Hey, she look, at that, got look, less at that, look at that, look at that, Bill. I said exactly the no, same. Thank you. No, yeah, no, no arguments this, there. Would, yeah, if she blew up the whole thing, like, the men were like, oh, hell yeah. Like, yeah, brotherhood. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> Since it was a woman, it was she just got a lot more, you know. She wasn't like Faith, he was the, the the mother and the family woman. She didn't have that nurturing side of her. But I think that's what made it awesome. And I think uh that's what made her kind of iconic on this uh journey. It was like she turned the whole point where, like here's this lady, like a uh, crime punishment it was where Bosco was more sympathetic towards a kid than she was, mostly it's the female and that character arc he's more sympathetic but she was like nah we gonna use this this kid <laughs> yeah. to get what we need yeah and overall i just yeah i again i can't really speak much 
I just know I loved her and I don't know. It was a perfect ending now. It was a perfect ending to how she went out. I mean, if it didn't, the show didn't end, I think she would have went through chemo and became a badass cop somewhere else. Maybe even top dog. I, I could see that. I could didn't I didn't see her like getting married or having one of those endings, but I could see her like, yeah, Cruz went on to beat cancer and she became a she's like one of the top, <laughs> you know, or kind of like Davis, how they did Davis. So Davel? Yeah, well, me, I've always, I always said that I was more, that I was more indifferent towards Cruz. I didn't really, I, I, I always said that I wasn't a huge fan of hers, but I didn't completely dislike her either. But, you know, now that we've had the chance to, you know, kind of cover her more extensively, go through her journey, I can really appreciate what they did with the character. And I love, and I love it, and I love her for that. I love, I love how well her character has been developed. Yeah, and so Cruz fan, I'm glad. I'm glad we've maybe got a Cruz as, fan. Maybe not as hard, <laughs> maybe maybe not as hardcore as you and Brandy, but still Cruz fan, definite Cruz fan. Oh, she's a big sister. <laughs> I, I think, as I've often always tried to portray and say across these episodes with Cruz, is that, and I really hope I've at least tried or at least sort of succeeded with a lot of the Cruz haters who may be listening here, is that just to really <clears throat> pay attention to the arc of her. And we talked about this in the last few weeks about how I, I, I would struggle to think there's a, another character in this show who goes through more of a change in an arc than Cruz does. Um, and I think it's... It's such a journey with her, and um, you know we, we talked about sort of the anti-hero in, in television, sort of in the the early to mid to late two thousands, the two thousands in general, um, how they were kind of celebrated uh, along the way, and I think kind of Cruz can fit into that category. And yeah, I, I I'm with you completely, Brandy. I've said it a few times throughout the show, and I'm not one to play the gender card, but I, I definitely think that she would have been treated differently if she was a male. Um, not just from the people in the show, but the fans in general as well. I think a lot of the hatred was derived... And I agree too. I think a lot of the hatred was derived from the fact that she was a female, um, that her character um, was was a female. So um, I, I think we've summed her up pretty well, and I think kind of... Yeah, I definitely believe and stand by what you guys are saying as well, that like there's really no other way as well that she could have gone out. I think that... Like, it would have been interesting to see her, like, beat cancer and be that badass cop, but completely agree with you, Brandy. Like, you, you never see her marrying and getting settled down and things like that. Like, you know, you, you just you see this is kind of the only way she can go. And I think that just adds to her character. And I think if people who are listening to this maybe for the first time who are a bit indifferent on Cruise and kind of don't really know what to think, like, go back and rewatch it again and know how she's going to end up and kind of think about everything that kind of happens in between. Because at, at the end of the day... Yeah, she does a few bad things along the way, but she never does bad things for bad reasons. Like, she's doing bad things for good reasons. Even when she's, like, shooting Yokus and things like that. Like, it's it's never for her own personal gain or benefit. Um, it's purely for her strong, firm beliefs of protecting the community and doing what she will do to protect the people that she's meant to be protecting. So, and I think that's just what makes her such a unique character. So... Yeah, I, I, she's yeah. easily in my, I would go out of my limb and say she's in my top five favorite in third watch. Uh, I think Tia Tahada is easily one of these actors who just, just so underutilized in everything. And 
the only things I've ever seen her outside of Third Watch are kind of just side roles where she plays like a prostitute in phone booth or she's random woman on a train in The Amazing Spider-Man. Like, it's just, she's so underutilized. And again, it just it baffles me how someone of her standard of acting cannot be in more bigger Not roles. Diversity like it's, in Hollywood. Oh, but it's just... There really isn't. It's it's, it's a, yeah. and it's a sad fact too. It's an and old I'm not, white boys club. But but even on that, huh? so, you you said there's not a lot of diversity in Hollywood, and I said, it's and I was agreeing with you, Brandy. I was like, yeah, it's an old white the, boys club. I will say though that like we are we are skewing a lot more away where things are changing today. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. But but the oh, thing, no question. The thing that I will add on that though, which is a sad fact of the thing that maybe we're changing things on the diversity side of things, genders, you know, skin color, things like that. But I think one thing that's not changing is age. And sadly, you know, it's it's now fourteen yeah. years since this ended, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Tita Harder, but you know, she's obviously a lot older than she was in 2005, which also would affect her chances of being in other things, which is a sad fact of of, of this industry as well, and particularly for women, and particularly for women. It is a thing when women do get to a certain age, they are often kind of shafted, uh, which is still a sad thing, which hopefully will change one day in the yeah. industry. But with some exceptions. With some course. exceptions, of course. I mean, obviously certain roles call. I mean, for, you got... You know, yeah. But to go with yeah, what mean, you said, Ben, go on. I... Uh, you know, I think at this point, like, one thing I didn't really see then is that I think the writers at this point, they had such a complex character that sometimes it was hit and miss with the audience, you know, uh, in terms of, like, how the, the female viewers were going to listen. Because I feel like the female viewers are more like, a, I don't know if it's female or men, but I, I heard a lot of bad things from women as well mm. over times of, like, about the character. Like, I didn't really care for her, you know? And I think it's because, again, like, that one crime and punishment where Bosco was more, like, sympathetic towards a kid where she wasn't i think at that time i don't know if tv had a lot of uh women characters like sergeant cruz who weren't as you know every time there's like it's usually that the cliche you know mother's uh, she's a cop but she's a mom she you know even detective vincent is now a mom on her show but for the longest time like on lana svu she wasn't a mom or anything like that and it was always like when are you going to settle down or there's questions about romance you know viewers are so used to like a woman being in a certain role that sergeant cruz was as so against the grain. Which is, which so is wrong. Writers- which is wrong, just to chime in there. Like, there are questions that men don't get asked, and I, it's not right that yeah. that is put on women. And, yeah, I agree with you. Like, you, you didn't really have that type of character. And, again, that just goes into that category of, like, if she was a man, it's not going to be the same. And, like, she's kind yeah, of brought exactly. in as, like, yeah. almost like a, a female Bosco, but more with a harder edge. And, you know, we go back to the very beginning with Bosco when he was really being Bosco. Like, in, in no way, I feel, do you ever... I, I've never met someone who disliked Bosco, even when he was at his worst in some of the, the you know, the first two, couple of seasons. So, Times. <laughs> I think, yeah, Dame, like I don't like you, but then the next day you're fine. Yeah, and I think kind of yeah. that's what they wanted to do with the Cruz character, but it's just, yeah, there's. What there's, you, uh, but like, I, I would say that Cruz is a more complex Hunter. character than Bosco too. But yeah. She, uh, they did it kind of like one incident. Like I feel like one part they try to draw, draw sympathetic towards her, and this is like a very cliche trope that a lot of women are tired. Were like the rape incident, and I think like that was they. Ha- I think they had a lot of hit and miss. I didn't care for that, and I, Darvell knows how I feel about that episode. And I didn't. I feel like that could have been left out entirely because that was a a weak a weak willed way of trying to get some sympathetic towards her character. I feel like for the sister one. Would have been interesting to have you on those ones. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's an interesting viewpoint, and 
not necessarily one that I've kind of thought of. I think kind of they 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 did that what, how they did it, but um, yeah, no, that's it's an interesting viewpoint. I think kind of hearing it having been said that way. So yeah, you know, I'd love to hear you expand on that. Just you mean like now or okay? Um, yeah, go go I ahead. Tell, <laughs> tell okay, the listeners you- what you were telling me when we were on the phone earlier. <laughs> okay, like I don't know, like okay, my background is like I write a lot of content, you know, novels, you know, I. I'm able to I write books and, you know, I do website content. And one thing is, like, I hear a complaint from a lot of audience members, even now, is, like, how women, they usually use rape to empower or disempower a female to get sympathetic from, you know, to get viewers sympathetic. And I think recruits, they try to do that, and it, fa- it failed. It failed miserably because people still didn't like her. And I feel like that entirely could have been gone because Cruz, you don't need to have a badass female to be raped to be sympathetic. You don't need that. I think with her sister, it had been nice to see that nurturing inside of her that would have gave something but it had to come in form of having a kid it came from having a sister and they did that but they did it so it was so brief like no one got to understand that but if they had kept that going like like i was telling darvell like if they had like a little sister she had like a little sister somebody she truly cared about like didn't have to be a kid but something to see that i think that would have gave her a lot more uh, sympathetic what they're looking for and because they had such a complex character but yeah, I mean that was basically what I was telling you on the phone. I like and- that viewpoint. I like. I mean, that's. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because it's not one that I've necessarily, I guess, thought about too much. And it, it is a very good point, actually. Um, and I, mean, I know we kind of discussed this in the last couple of weeks about sort of when you this journey towards sympathy happens with Cruz and sort of Darvell mentioned he believed it was really when she's diagnosed with leukemia and I sort of brought up well I said well I think it kind of is when she was raped and kind of that's the first inkling but I think that the, the important difference there is as we mentioned is that after a few you know maybe about 10 episodes after the you know she's assaulted they kind of Cruz is kind of odd in the last few episodes of season five where she's kind of back to being a bit that way and kind of going against the cops and kind of it was just the weirdest arc she has is maybe in the last like five or so episodes of season five and realistically I think that a lot of fans who maybe have been tried to sympathize with her and you're right I think it didn't work uh, because and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that she's kind of going back to her old ways by the end of season five so um yeah I think looking on that in the grand scheme but you had a point though yeah. But you had a point about why she did it. And I think that they touched on what you said as well about, like, if they showed a little bit more why, like, her backstory, like, I was telling Darvell, like, I feel like her backstory, they didn't have to put much into detail, but I think that might have gave a little bit more hint, showing, like, you know, like, what she's been through or, like, having one episode dedicated to how she grew up or something to give, like, a just a little. It doesn't have to be even huge. It didn't have to be a whole episode. But I think her backstory was a lot too left to be desired Ooh, because no one, yeah. because... No one becomes that badass or that tough and like that for no reason. And this is from experience. Like I, and I think that's why I was, I fell in love for like from the moment. Like she's the only reason I started watching this show was because I, when I was going through the, the the abuse that I was going through in my childhood, she was this badass female. And like she said, like I think Darvell mentioned about how she said she, she grew up in a neighborhood where women were constantly getting beat up on. And that's how I grew up in my household around all men who, there was just a lot going on. And um, I think if they had shown that, then I think she could have drawn in this uh, audience that people don't really know is out there. There's an audience of women out there who are just these badasses, and they probably would have been her viewer. I think they target, maybe they targeted the wrong audience or the audience that watched the show weren't, I don't know. Maybe she was the wrong character for the, the show. I don't know. But I don't think she had the correct target audience. 
That's a very good point. I, I, yeah, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. I think that's, that's a very great point. And I think a lot of the stuff I will say, I think that really kind of, I felt from a, even being a biased fan of Cruz that really hammered her, her character home with a lot of her background and everything that you were just saying, as well as kind of moving into what type of person she is, is we got a lot of that in season six. And like one of those scenes, like when, you know, she gets released from prison and sort of Yokus is there and she just is kind of like, I don't rat out cops. I don't care who they are. I don't rat out cops. Like how loyal she is to that profession. And then a lot of that too, Hell like yeah. when it comes to the, the priest a couple of weeks ago, sort of when she's discovering the Santa Maria religion and she's having that conversation with him saying, like, as you were saying, like my background is, you know, I, I lived in this neighborhood where women are constantly getting abused and you know i didn't want to be one of those people so i went out of my way to you know prevent this and i think kind of again this is like here we are spending a good 10 15 minutes talking about cruise i think this is easily the longest we've ever done sort of a eulogy on a character and i think this just goes to show we could sit here for another half an hour and talk about her because this is clearly the type of character we'll probably do that on our series recap i think when we go over some more of our characters but i i I appreciate the fact that you're here, Brandy. I appreciate the fact, Darvel, that you've kind of come to this point where you're like, hey, I'm a Cruise fan. And I, I, I really sincerely hope, and I would love to hear from any one of our two listeners, that you've come full circle on Cruise because, she, like, you don't have to love her. I'm not saying you've got to come out of this and we're right for liking her and you're not right for disliking her. That's not what we're trying to say because everything's a matter of opinion like you can like or dislike things it's completely fine i just hope that if you still dislike cruise that you can at least come out of of this rewatch and listening to what we're trying to say maybe just a a bit of an understanding of what they at least are trying to do with her rather than oh i hate her can't stand her you know like there's plenty of things that i dislike in life and yeah i'm going to come out here and joke and like fuck Grey's anatomy like it's a stupid show Realistically, have I watched a season or a whole thing of it? No. Gilmore Girls, I don't like. Like, it's just little things that I don't like, and I'm going to come out and say stupid things, like, oh, it's the dumbest thing ever. But, like, I can appreciate things like certain elements of it, and I don't think there's one thing in my entire life that I hate 100% and will not hear a perspective of it. So, um, anyway, my point is, we hope that there's been some clarity on some cruise stuff. <laughs> yeah, and just yeah. to clarify what I said, I mean, by her demographic, I mean, I, you know, the way I think about it is like, who, what, what was the target audience that watched this show? You know, like, have they been through abuse? Was it like, why, was it why she stayed home and watched the show? And I think that's what I meant, like, if they had showed a little bit, because not everyone had lived that lifestyle. And at that point, that, those, that kind of lifestyle wasn't on TV, you know, of abuse and kids who went through that. And so I think if they showed an episode, it would have been powerful. Mm-hmm. And that's what my point was to clarify, like, now you see all kinds of shows where the characters have this effed up life and they show the abuse and they show the background. But back then, I didn't see that many characters that went through what I was going through. So I think they had showed that. Then it would have yeah. been understanding, you know, because it could have been the wife who had, you know, got a uh, soccer mom who took the kids to school. That could have been the target audience. They're not going to understand charging crews. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's how I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and today you not only do you have shows where you see the the back backgrounds like that, but you have shows um one of my favorites right now, Brandy, and I know it's a favorite of yours also, and Ben, I know you haven't seen it. This is us. It's us. Exactly. It it connects with everybody. Yes. Everybody. Yeah. No matter who you are, because it explores so many different facets of life. Yeah. So many different characters, so many different aspects of life. 
something you would not something else that you would not have seen back in back in the days of this show and that is largely i think because okay we're going completely off topic here but it's the oz network what the hell we can do that um <laughs> back <laughs> the audience wasn't as fractured as they or or fractioned i don't know whether to say fractioned or fractured as they as they are now um and so back then you were gonna back then it's you know the big big networks cable hadn't really 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 come on the scene yet in terms of gaining recognition for shows um <clears throat> they had stuff but they weren't really get but cable wasn't really getting a lot of attention um and so you're going to try and get as many people as possible. You're not going to think about specific characters for specific audiences. No, you're not. no. And that's why it was hit and miss with her. I think she was complex, but at the wrong time. If it was now, Sergeant Cruz would be thriving right now on a TV show. I know that's Damn her. right. She would be having a whole audience. People would be like, hell she, yeah. <laughs> she, she'd, have a show, she'd have a show of her own. Hell, Fuck third watch. She'd have yeah. a show of her own. Yeah, oh, what would, would be, be interesting. Called? It would definitely be interesting to see how it plays out. But yeah, again, I, I love this discussion we can have, and it just shows the character that she is. So, um, Rip Sergeant Cruz. Um, yeah. But we move on into what is maybe one of my favorite scenes in all of Third Watch. Um, oh, we've, I love this scene. One month later, and uh, we are in, uh, we sort of see a facility of some sort. We've got Carlos waiting in a suit. And who do we see? It's Doc. Oh, such a, like, oh, just makes you it's happy. It's bittersweet. It is bittersweet. And uh, sort of they have a nice little moment and kind of Doc says it was an emergency and, oh, I don't really do those things anymore. And Carlos is like, oh, no, no, no. Um, it's like, oh, you know, remember um, Holly Levine, uh, you know, she transferred after you and kind of a bit of an awkward moment there. Uh, and then he sort of says, like, well, I've got to be in the church an hour and getting married. And I love Doc, you know, oh, so you're not going to the prom. Um, and then kind of just, just at a fantastic moment when, uh, you know, he's sort of asking about like, what do I do? How do I be in love with her? And just like love her every single day. Um, you know, and then kind of just the line when he says like, oh, I really miss you. And then he's just kind of like, you know, oh, please don't. It makes this place harder. And they hug, like, it looks like they're just going to shake hands, but Doc kind of leans in to hug him. And then just as they go to leave, Doc's just basically like, I wish I could be there. Me too. Um, and then sort of, why couldn't like, he have been there though? Could, is uh, it not, a, is it not, a, is it not a reach to think that, that maybe he could have found, he could, there could have been some way they could have arranged that? Don't know. I mean, it would have been not like maybe they maybe there was kind of two ways of looking at this that they kind of thought about maybe having like more of a a wedding scene where like yeah we do hear Kim and um you know Jimmy talk a little bit more and maybe then there's like the big shock like Doc walks in that could have been another way of doing it but I don't know I don't know Davel but like the one thing I'll quickly say too like I like the bit when he's like oh you know I've got a bingo tournament I'm the champ the one thing though like <laughs> I want to just, just goo goo gaga fantastic it's it's great can we just all talk about the positives of this scene before I come back to maybe the worst continuity plot hole in the history of third watch <laughs> yeah and I-, I like the part you know in the in this little scene i like the part where you know or doc where not doc where carlos says you know i wanted to talk to you because you're the and then he stops and then he rewords that i mean doc hit doc was and i think carlos didn't really appreciate it until this point in, until this point Doc was the closest thing to a father Doc, I mean, Carlos could ever remember having. Why couldn't Carlos have actually come out and said that? I, 
I wish he had. I mean, it was implied and it still worked, but I kind of wish he had. I kind of wish there had been some acknowledgement of that. I just think you know you're the closest to thing to a. Yeah, I just interrupt you. Sorry, I just I think it's, it, it just comes down to that's not Carlos. Carlos wouldn't say that, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, Brandy. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were. I didn't want to interrupt. I think they did the scene well. I mean, Doc, especially when he made a joke like uh, he's like, I don't do those kind of emergencies anymore, and the doctor's <laughs> yeah. cause stress. But I think they did the mental health scene well after that big. Uh, episode where, where, where doc you know he basically lost his mind and well i mean it was a build-up to that like you said ben i think you said it when we first started the podcast how you could see doc why doc ended up where he was at and mm-hmm. uh i think in a way they did it perfectly well i mean it would be too hard after doing he just it's like pt in a way he had like ptsd and they just did it that's well. exactly I, what he had I think it was, yeah, I think it was just perfect. I think, you know, him being around that, because you avoid your triggers, you know, and he's like, you know, it's too much. I wish I could be there too, but I got to put this past, this this past, of, you know, anything related to being a paramedic behind me. But, you know, he knew that, but they, I mean, it's done well. They don't have to say too many words. Everyone knows that that was one of the most touching scenes. And I don't think Doc needed to be at the wedding for it to mean something. I think that was like a perfect way to say that Doc had found his peace. He was finding his peace after all that stress. We seen him go through it, and the he found his peace, and he was okay. And Carlos understood. Yeah, I definitely agree there. But at the same time, though, it's kind of heartbreaking to imagine that Doc probably spent the rest of his life in there. I doubt it. Yeah, but, I doubt you know, it too. You, you avoid your triggers. You know, I mean. That's, there's certain things you just don't be around, and it's not saying he's like, oh well, I'm I'm forever sick, but he's finding his peace. In order to do that, he realized you gotta make sacrifices. And one of the, oh, I agree. That, yeah, and as when Carlos was like, well, fuck you, Doc. You ain't <laughs> you didn't show up to my wedding. He's more like, you know, it was just it was understand. I think it did, it was done well, especially because mental health at that point wasn't talked as much on TV. I don't know if it was. It but, still isn't very much. Yeah, and it's so still I widely was, stigmatized. I think, so you know that would be a whole car- a whole new uh, show on its own if that yeah. was the case nowadays. Yeah, I think it's great and like this this will be a top five moment of this season. I will push for it. I think it it deserves to be thoroughly. It's a great great moment. Oh no question. We cannot ignore the one elephant in the room with this scene. Uh, when Carlos says, "When you used to talk mm-hmm. about your wife." About Linda. Now... It is not Linda! <laughs> I, for those at home, Deborah is her name. Um, now, I have to say that, like, there was actually a bit of a clarity moment here where I watched this scene thought, like, well, maybe, hang on, maybe we can explain it. Because Carlos... I always thought it was Doc that said it, but Carlos says it. And the way he kind of says, when you talk about your wife, he pauses for a sec and he says, you know about Linda. So maybe that was, to me, it was like, oh, well, maybe Carlos doesn't remember her name. So maybe that's why, like, he says it. But why doesn't Doc correct him? And why does Doc then play along with it by saying, like, yeah, it was the best time of my life? Like, no. Well, like, 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 like Brandy said, avoiding your triggers. Possibly. But, like, it's just, this, to me, and we've talked about a lot of this, and I think kind of this is the main reason why I used to always bring up some of these little plot holes and continuity errors. Like, this, there's no excusing this. Like, at the end of the day, when you write a TV show, when you have major characters, you should have a little black book or a whiteboard or something where you have Carlos, Dad's name, Mum's name, you know, 
Bosco, dad's name, my name. Like, you just have a, you know, a little guide where you've got it. So you, like, because that is something major. This isn't like Doc's third cousin twice removed who he mentioned once in episode three of season one. This is his fucking wife who plays a very big part of his life. So how the fuck can they get away with not remembering her name? I'll be the bad guy and say, well, maybe, and this can be far-fetched, but maybe they weren't as close as we thought they were. Maybe that's why Doc was like, well, he didn't really care about going to Carlos's wedding. Like, when he says wife's name wrong, was like, huh, confirmation that, yeah, we were partners, but we weren't close. So I'm moving on. Well, then. Life. I'm, be- I'm just giving you guys something to go on. I'm not saying that's what it is, but. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I-, I was, I- I was going to say, well, then why would. Why would why would he have passed on that advice to Carlos and then hugged him and said he wishes he could have been at that wedding? But I see what you're saying. Devil's that's advocate. What do I? That's what people do sometimes. Like they don't really want to like be there. They're like, I wish I could be there too, but they don't like really mean it full. Like I want to be there so I, bad. I'm sure he would have come. But I think he meant it though. Yeah. No. Exactly. I'm paying, I, like you said, devil's advocate. I definitely for think you guys. If we ever get Ed Allen Bonero on the show. Um, that's going to be a question I'm going to ask. I'm like, hey, like, you're a legend. You created my favorite show of all time. I love you to bits. But come on. Like, how can you... <laughs> like, you wrote the very first episode. Uh, you wrote the very last episode. Like, come on. Like, surely if you are writing in a script... Okay, we've got this line where Carlos is going to mention Doc's ex-wife, you know, dead wife. Like, can we just double-check quickly what her name was? Like, it's just... And this is this is the thing that they can get away with it though, is because again, as we've established many times, that some of these continuity errors you can get away with, because this is in the day and age where no one binge watches shows. You're almost expected to see a show only once, and then that's it. DVDs were only sort of a thing for a few years at that point, and Third Watch, you know, the two seasons that have been released, it was a while before we even got them at this point, anyway. So, you know, unless you are Mr. or Mrs. Memory, and you can remember every little thing. Like, people in 20, 2005 are not going to think that. They didn't think that one day there's going to be a, a show podcasting every single episode about this, taking notes and, uh, you know, nitpicking every little point. So, uh, you know, you would not get away with this in 2019. No way would you get away no. with this. Oh, yes, I would. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> And I, like, I hate to nitpick this scene, but you've, you've got to talk about it. So um, it's it doesn't really take away. F- it doesn't no. really take away from the overall greatness of it, though. Mm. It's good to see these characters, their arc, yeah, you know, be wrapped up. Yeah, we get. I'm just going to kind of close this out now, sort of through the remaining bits, because I'm going to get Darvell to <clears> do <throat> your final piece very shortly. But so. Alrighty, I'll get my Sully voice ready. We're back at the precinct. Sully and uh, Bosco are cleaning up their lockers. Um, Sully gives Bosco his light and kind of, you know, a bit of a tease here. I'm not going to need it where I'm going. And nice little, like, I think this is a good, like, this is the bit where I'm going to critique sort of the final moments between characters. Because I think it's a fine scene between Bosco and Sully. Because, you know, they never were close. They kind of always clash. They kind of, it's, it's, it is what it is with them. The Bosco and Yoka scene, gosh, like, it's just, I, honestly, last week when I said it's the last scene we ever get between them, I forgot that we kind of have this little moment, but it just, it just feels awkward between these two, it's odd, and then kind of like, I know what they're trying to do when they sort of set it up, when like, when Swirsky's like, you two are going to see a lot of each other when, you know, you're in bedside and you're in major cases, but like, it just, 
it just feels so empty and so like I just and I hate it. I hate. I want a better clue. Clue. I didn't speak properly. A better closing scene between these two because to me these these two are the couple of this show, and it just it makes me mad that this is all we get with them. Um, they go uh, down to Swirsky. He's looking all sad, and he basically gives all the assignments out. Uh, Carlos's uh, wedding crew show up. They're all dressed up. Uh, Davis and Finney are going to be doing anti-crime in the 53rd. Uh, Munro's going on days at Soho. She's getting closer to City Hall. Bosco sort of says you might end up on uh, Mayor's Detail. Bosco's going to the 79 where he'll be on Bed-Stuy. Isn't that where Jimmy is? He's going to see Jimmy a bit. So um, there you go. They're rushed yeah. streets apparently. Um, Yokus is going to Major Cases. Jelly apparently said no to that. Uh, and Sully is retiring, uh, which kind of, you know... I. Uh, I think that was well coming from back in season five, wasn't it? Um, Swirsky, meanwhile, yeah. is going downtown to push papers for a little bit. My question here is, where are all the other cops? Again, like, this is a... There's more cops at this precinct than this. Um, Swirsky says it's the greatest honour of his life to be... Uh, He's their lieutenant. It's a great little moment. I really do not like the cheesy line when he says the third watch is dismissed. That, to me, is Why? just... Uh, it's just... It's cheesy. It's nothing more than a trailer line. And it's not like, how can you say the third watch is dismissed when you've only got like eight cops here? And we've seen over six seasons that there are more than just these cops in the third watch situation. And like, does he do this for every single shift? The second watch is dismissed. The first watch is dismissed. Like, it just, it's too cheesy. It is way too cheesy. And there's nothing more by being put in there to be used in a promo. Um, Sasha's crying. They all kind of leave. Uh, I do like the moment with Sully and Finney when he kind of shakes his hand and he's kind of like, you know, you listen to Ty. You know, he's got a lot to teach you. Um, and then I do really like how kind of Sully's in there by himself and having a bit of a look around. And then just, this is a great way to conclude a, your pairing. Just, you know, you don't need much more than these Davis and Sully just kind of having a little moment and I'll come visit. And he's just kind of like, thanks, man. And then he kind of hugs him. And then Sully's like, oh, no, thank you, Ty. They hug. And then, oh, he just kind of is like, he leaves. And, oh, so, yeah. and that's I, a little moment. Yeah, I, I like that because, you know, what I really like about that scene, you know, where they're all kind of hugging, slapping backs and saying goodbye to each other through tears and all that stuff is honestly, and I think I may have said this off air at some point. Honestly, I do not believe that they were acting. Yeah, no, I do I, not I believe that. I do not believe that they were acting. I think those were genuine. Um, I think those were genuine emotions that they were all feeling at that time. And I think it was partly because the announcement of the cancellation was just so sudden. And I mean, it would have been sad either way, but still, um, yeah, I, I don't though. They, those were not acting, acting tears or acting emotions. Those were true emotions that they were all feeling. And, and I love the, and yeah, I love the, I love it from Bre- when, when Sully says to Brendan, you know, you know, cause he knows they're going to be working together. Listen to Davis. He has a lot to teach you, you know, talk about full circle right there. Yeah. Because I mean, cause I mean, cause Sully trained Sully, Sully taught Ty. Yeah. Sully taught Ty or Davis or whatever. Yeah. We can call him whatever. Sully taught and trained Davis helped make him into the cop. He is. And when Brendan first comes on the scene, Sully hates his fucking guts and not, not nece- it's unfair, but it's not necessarily without reason. 
Um, but you can tell in this scene that, you know, he knows the kind of cop that Ty has become. He knows that he knows that Ty will have Brendan's will have Brendan's back and continue to teach him well. And he's even gained a, a lot of respect for him because uh, he because he knows that Brendan is nothing like his dad. Yeah, is is nothing like his dad. And I mean, they may not ever be on they they may never be they may never be besties, but they at least have a mutual respect yeah. for each other. And, and I also love that there, there's something in those, in those last three words that Sully says to Ty, you know, thank you, Ty. You know, the, when, when he's like, there, there's just so much more in those words through those words and the way he delivers them. I hear him saying, thank you for giving me, because I mean, Sully made it no secret that he was just burned out on his that he was just burned out on on being a cop and that he had just become jaded, and so and Davis, yeah, yeah, Sully made it no secret that he was kind of jaded, but Davis coming along, yeah, it started out Sully didn't want to train him because he thought it was awkward, but Davis in some ways gave Sully a reason to continue. He gave him his. It's so cheesy to say this. He gave him he gave him some light some light so to speak in this dark world of being a cop. And I think that's what Sully was trying to convey to Davis in those three words, thank you for these last few years. Thank you for giving me a reason to to do this every day. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Hey, hey Brandy. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come <laughs> yeah, come on in. Wake up. Come on in. Oh, hey, it's not I'm you. <laughs> fall what the fuck on is episode? that supposed to mean? It doesn't fall asleep on episode. No, I'm just listening because I agree. I uh I got more from that when you said thank you. I think, you know, with everything going on and like when he like you said when he for, when Ty first got a job, Sully was already burnt out. Like he was just over it. Like all we do he, what do you say? Solving problems or we're solving, like we're solving? Yeah, problems. like that one. Inc- like and that brings me back to that episode, like where the woman she doesn't she finally cure her husband or and then yes. he was like, and Bosco was mad and like are you are you happy now, Sully? That's what we're doing out here. This is what, what this is what you mean by solving problems and to see him uh, just go from that to I think you know he wouldn't have lasted as long without Davis and then also just. The Davis, when he said thank you to Sully, I think was, you know, at first it was like the father figure, but also just, you know, with the dirtiness of like the dirty cop, you know, uh, plot and just everything. He kept Ty on a straight edge to be who he could be. And I I thought that was just well done, you know, well done yes. about words. It was like the perfect amount of tears. And I, th- I think, like you said, those were real. And if they weren't real, I don't know if they would pull it off as great as they did in that scene. Well, I think I, it's, um, I it's it's well documented on some of these shows. Like I know with uh, the Friends finale, it's it's the cast has often spoken about how the final moments, like they're not acting, like they're real tears. Like, and you can kind of you keep an eye on Jennifer Anderson in the background, and she's just like bawling her eyes out, kind of, and just trying to hide it. So, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think there's much acting going on here. Mm-hmm. No. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, like you mentioned that too, Ben. Like even during like this, the whole every season, like with Faith and Bosco, that was just not acting at times. You generally like they generally feel like they're family, friends. Yeah. You know the way they just do things, the way they would feed off each other. Just it's not acting. Some of that yeah. stuff is just so well done. It's like it's yeah. 
So mm-hmm. we, I guess, basically after they hug, kind of um, Sully has a bit of a gla- glance around, and we see them removing the um, the five five sign from the precinct. Now, the, the one thing I just want to say, and I don't want to nitpick for nitpick's sake, I just they make that in more into more of a moment than it should because I don't know if we ever really got that connected to the five five sign. Like it's kind of it, it barely rarely makes an appearance in the show. So, but I, I yeah. kind of like the the symbolism behind it. So um, yeah, they. Yeah, they call it the Camelot Crest. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we then have <clears throat> Sully walk out and we start to hear the tunes of Battersea by Hoover Fonning, which, again, great book ending as that was a song that we heard in the uh, closing moments of the very first episode back in Welcome to Camelot. And then we get a nice little narration point, which I'm going to now hand over to Mr. Sully himself, Darvell Stewart, who we, we don't do this, <laughs> we don't usually do this, but given that uh, Darvell's really good at doing a Sully impersonation, we thought rather than going through each of the uh, little bits individually, we get Darvell to actually just recreate our final montage <clears throat> by reading it out word for word. Over to you, Darvel. <clears throat> okay, let me point out that I've I've committed all this to memory. Oh, good on you. It's all in my memory. Okay. <clears throat> okay, let me get the Sully voice warmed up. There we go. All right. <clears throat> the 5-5 five, five closed that day. The one I knew anyway. It's being rebuilt ten blocks away. Thing is, the new precinct won't be at the corner of King and Arthur anymore. So there won't be any Camelot. But the idea of Camelot, place where heroes gather before going out to battle evil, that'll still be alive. In whatever building becomes the 5-5, it lives in every police station, every firehouse in the city, hell in the country, in the world for that matter. Bob Swirsky retired as the deputy chief. He spends his days playing with his 12 grandkids. Being our boss prepared him for that pretty well. DK took over the squad when Billy Walsh got promoted to battalion chief. Stu Lottazies ended up taking over Jimmy Doherty's rescue squad. Stu, DK, and Walsh saved 17 people one day in a garment factory fire. They all won medals of honor. Carlos and Holly got married. Today they got three kids and a big house on Staten Island. Ty says Carlos is a good father. He finally found the family he always wanted. Ty and Sasha are still seeing each other. They say they're going to get married once their careers slow down, but I think it's going to be a while. He's an anti-crime lieutenant in charge of half of Manhattan, and Sasha's running for the city council. According to the paper I get up here, she's leading in the polls. Brendan is Lieutenant Davis's sergeant on the anti-crime task force. They make a pretty good team. Their troops have more arrests than any team in the city. Grace Foster put three more years on the street and then became an instructor with EMS. She couldn't work in the field anymore, being pregnant at all. In the end, her mother was right. She became a teacher. She and Brendan are celebrating their first anniversary next week. When Faith reported a major crime, she got a surprise. Her boss. Besides leading the department in homicide clearances, she's never lost her compassion for any case that involves a kid. She and Captain Miller are thinking about moving in together. After Emily finishes college, that is. Maritza Cruz was posthumously awarded the Medal of Honor. 
Intelligence estimates that from the amount of firearms recovered from that building, she saved numerous lives, mostly police officers. To this day, somebody places a single rose on a grave every morning. And Bosco, El Bosco's doing the same thing he's always done. Balls out every day, every job, kicking ass, taking names, and being the police. Me, I found my own little piece of heaven. Small cabin, 108 feet from a beautiful lake. Nothing but peace and quiet. The only thing I do battle with anymore is the occasional northern. But I consider myself lucky to have been a part of that brotherhood. Even for a little while. Come on, baby. (laughs) Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, that was great. <laughs> oh, my God. That was so good. Well done. That was good. Can we please put... We really, really, really need to find a way to dub Battersea into that. I know we can't, but we really need to find a way to do that. That will that will complete it. You know, when we first came up with that idea for you to do that, like, I didn't doubt you for a moment you could do it, but... The fact that you've done that to memory, like, Jesus Christ, man, like, that was amazing. That was the perfect way to end the season with that right there. That I, is, uh, oh, can I just, I, I feel though, just, um, I don't really want to come into this and say anything negative about it, because again, like, I think this is a perfect way to end the show. The yeah. couple of, couple yes, of wishes that I have, is. I mean, we're obviously going to point out that we do see Kim and Jimmy uh, and a very grown-up Joey. Whoever they've got this is grown-up Joey. I will say they've done good casting. He actually kind of does look like um, what uh, what little what his name was called. Um, but, Christopher Scott Fidel. Thank you. I knew there was a Christopher in there. I was um, going to say shithead. You didn't like shit. <laughs> Brandy, don't bring that up again. Demon, um, chi- demon child. <laughs> but I think demon the- child. Okay, shithead or something. I just knew there were so many names for that shit. <laughs> He used them all. (laughs) Yes, I did. The thing that I would have maybe appreciated, like, yes, I would have liked to see Kim and Jimmy a little bit more in this episode, but, like, I think it would have been nice to have, like, a little narration about what happened to Kim and Jimmy. Like, you know, like, you know, Jimmy and Kim had a baby and Jimmy went on to do this. Because, like, Jimmy, Jimmy's still, Jimmy's captain in the Bed-Stuy Rescue Squad. Yeah. She, he and Kim remarried. Yeah, something like that. And like, they now have another baby boy together. And even again, going out to my complete fanboyism here of this show, like, could we not have had a mention, like, Bobby Caffey's mum still sees, you know, the grave every day, or, like, you know, Alex Taylor's mum. Like, I don't know. Like, I know that's kind of far-fetched, because by this point, a lot of people probably don't remember Bobby and Taylor. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I think at the end of the day, it I... And maybe this is the part where we can just each quickly talk about our thoughts on the characters. I think that each of the characters, I think, ends up where where we think they should. I also think, like, I like the fact that you don't really get a time sense in terms of, like, the time scales all over the place, which I appreciate. Um, I also, I used to hate, I will say this, I hated when I first saw this, what they ended up doing with Bosco, but I hate myself for hating it because I think it's a perfect ending. And also I love that shot of Bosco running after the guy, which is basically an exact recreation of the very first time we meet Bosco and welcome yeah. to Camelot. It is so good. Um, and like just little things like the fact that Davis and Finney have gone on to be such big wigs, you know, Sasha looks like she's going to be mayor. Like uh, Yoka's doing, you know, I love the Manny bit when he's putting the rose on Cruz's grave and the fact that you see Letitia, 
Richard Cruz's grave next to it as well. Um, you know, just little things like that. And can we also, I really need to point out that we've mentioned it a few times, I think, that um, the Letitia Cruz grave, uh, Maritza Cruz grave, sorry, actually appeared in that um, Jennifer Lopez blue whatever it was show shades of blue shades of blue yeah like that's a random connection there is an episode i think it's like one of the first season episodes where uh one of the characters is in a graveyard and you actually see maritza cruz grave so to me that still exists somewhere in new york and i want to find it um but yeah i i don't know like <laughs> darvel your thoughts on kind of how everyone ends up i i don't th- th- that's my two cents <clears throat> yeah i mean i agree that it's that it um it it ends just the it ends just the way we think it's going to. It really fits. It do, it does fit all the characters. The part that the part of it that always the the two parts of it that always give me the the chills the most is <clears throat> is <clears throat> Ty says Carlos is a good father. Mm. He finally found the family he always wanted. I mean, I always get. <clears throat> Nope. Oh, excuse me. He gets, he no, gets I'm not choked not. up. I literally. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I always that part always gives me the gives me the shivers because you know because we know that about Carlos that throughout the show, I mean, he doesn't really show it much. Like we don't really get to see that emotion from him, but that is the one thing he has always craved. Yeah, and it is just so great that he finally that he's finally found it. And, um, I, I do like the, I do like the part where, you know, grace, grace became an instructor with, became an instructor with EMS, um, and all that. And how, you know, in the end, her mother was right. She became a teacher. I like that line that they acknowledge that her mother, despite not really playing a very prominent role in this season, I, I like that they, I just like that they acknowledge that. It just, I don't know. But, you know, I am kind of curious what the, what the, I mean, because obviously it's a montage and there are images and the only reason I haven't asked yet what are, what, what all the images are is because, well, based on Sully's narration, I can get a pretty good idea of what they of what they show. They show the characters doing what they're doing as Sully's talking about them, I'm sure. The only, yeah, the only real thing that kind of stands out, I think, is um, just the look of Davis and Finney. Like, Davis, um, you know, he's looking a bit cooler. I think he's got a bit of hair now, and Finney's kind of got a bit of a bit of a facial hair thing going on there. So that's kind of, I'd say, the only thing that looks different, really. Uh, I mean, Jimmy and Kim look amazing as ever, uh, kind of in the brief little flash you see of them. Um, Holly looks great on a wedding day. Carlos looks great. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really think there's a whole lot that you, you're missing, really. I mean, I also I randomly yeah. like the the Captain Miller appearance as well. Like, I don't know why, but I yeah, like and like the but fact that they're wait, setting it- Faith and Faith and Miller up as a couple. Kind of, we talked a little bit about that when it was happening, and it didn't really feel. But like, I like this, and and once again, though, they completely ignore fucking Charlie. Like, oh, when Emily finishes college, what about Charlie? Like, come on. I thought about <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I thought about that too, and I was going to cut in when when I was doing the when I was doing the the impression, when I was doing the the narration, I was going to cut in with something like that, like uh, Sully, did you forget about Charlie? But <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. Oh, and Charlie, I'm sorry, but we don't know what really happened to him. <laughs> he went off with Dirty Kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause I don't laughs> you were thinking what? 
Well, both of you, I know you guys talk about Alex and Bobby being mentioned. I was like, we could always technically change a little bit of the ending with your idea, Darvell, about the twins. Well, and then they had twins, Bobby and and Sally's voice. And there yeah. we go. Yeah. We just changed yeah. the ending. Yeah. Kim, 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 and, Kim and Jimmy are back together again. And they have twins, Bobby and Alexandra. Oh, after geez. Bobby Caffey and Alex Taylor. I don't think you they never forgot the two I think you just literally leave it, but you just leave just leave it at Bobby and Alexandra. Bobby and Bobby and Alexandra. And 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 Darvel, can we also have the and dirty kid? We don't know where the fuck he's gone. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay, you really want me to do that? No, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. No, no, I've got one okay. for you. And dirty kid, he had a bath, and now he's clean, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and we still don't know who the fuck he is. Okay, okay. Once I get my breath from laughing, I'm gonna do. <laughs> okay, <There we> go. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and dirty kid, the random kid from the episode where I discussed my fear of being buried alive, the one that Bobby helped. Well, he's clean, kid now. <laughs> yes. But yes! the only, the only, the only problem is. We still don't know who the fuck he is. <laughs> and what the point of him was. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, that was great. That was great. We just changed the ending we wanted. To. Like, we got a little bit what we wanted, like the Alice and Bobby is. Um, all right. Well, I guess we're going to rate this episode. Uh, I, I feel we're going to green amongst a bunch of us, are we? Oh, yeah. We're, I'm buying it. Uh,. Some drinks? Uh, ginger ale. <laughs> oh, oh, drinks? Oh. But are you oh, buying drinks? I thought you... What'd you well, say? We all... I, I... Huh? Well, if we were all... If we were all... If we were all together, I'd say, yeah, let's go out and buy... Let's go out and have drinks. That's what I thought. And I said drinks, I would take it. I don't drink. That's why. I was like, I'll take a ginger ale. <laughs> are you buying this, oh, Brandy? But... <laughs> But I will. <laughs> I'll buy you guys some soda. I think Darvel needs a throat <laughs> lozenge. Um. So, but but Brandy, yes, you, you remember our rating system, Brandy? This is what I'm trying to ask you: buy it, rent it, or bin it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, but we have a little fun with that there. <clears throat> Are you guys good? So I'm guessing you're buying good the episode. I just want. I just. I just need okay. to clarify this, Brandy, to put it on the record. Okay. Good. All right. No, sorry. I'm not- Hey, I'm just trying to like. Are you guys good? okay? All right, no, we're fine. We're good. We- um, <laughs> okay. I'll cool. So, yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I just I will add um, quickly that uh, now I'm looking at my list. I've officially ranked all 132 episodes of Third Watch, and I am planning on uh, writing a blog post kind of detailing why. But uh, for those playing at home and want to know where I rank the finale, uh, I have actually ranked this. At number 64 out of 132, so it's very much on the cusp of being the halfway point. I like. I at the end of the day, I think it does what it does. It, it concludes this episode well, uh, concludes the series well, and you know, there's a few hit and misses here. It's not the perfect episode, but I think at the end of the day, we get what we get, and. You know, like, I can't put this much higher above any other episodes, but I don't really feel it needs to go very lower either. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a middle road episode if you're just kind of watching this by itself. Um, but I think kind of the context of watching it when you're watching it in order adds a little bit to it. And uh, I've got to admit, I always get a bit teary in the final five minutes. So, and I did last night. So. Yeah, so, yeah, so a, bu- a bye for all three of us, huh? 
A buy for all three of us. We've we've awkwardly come out and awesome. said that we're buying awesome. it. Great. I'm glad everybody heard all awesome. that. Awesome. Um, but that's I wasn't it. Sure what was going on? I just was hearing you and Darvell and then like hearing like the the four bar coffee. So I was like, I thought somebody said buy drinks and celebrate because it was the end. I was like, oh, buy drinks. That's the. Uh, the- <laughs> The ultimate summary of the Oz Network. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, but that's that's it. We we have two more episodes to go, folks, in terms of the fact that obviously next week we'll come back with a Season 6 recap. Darvell and I will be doing that one. And then we'll come back a week after that with a full series recap where Brandy will be back and we just kind of summarise everything and, of course, come up with, our, I guess, our top ten moments, which uh, we do a bit of a voting system uh, off air and we'll come up together with that. But can I just say, Brandy, thank you very much for coming back on this episode and I really appreciated your time and I'm really looking forward to having Having you back on in a couple of weeks so we can uh, wrap the whole thing up. No, I appreciate for the invite back. It, it's been a pleasure. It was nice to see some part of Sergeant Cruz. And so thank you. And now she's yeah. all in lots of little bits spread out everywhere over that scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Sergeant Cruz. <laughs> yep. Darvell's lost it. Um, oh my <laughs> wow. You get him doing Sully for five minutes, and now all of a sudden he just loses it. Uh, Darvell, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll, let him, we'll let him end it there. Um, we will be back next week. You have to keep that in. You have to keep season six. You recap. have to keep every little bit of what just happened in the, in the recording. My name is Ben, and I don't know what else to add. Battersea, Battersea. Okay, okay, all right. I think I'm good. Brandy, maybe you should go first. Yeah, a oh, good idea. Was <laughs> and it was good to, uh, to end this uh, season again. I was here when it first started. It was nice to see the ending. And in my eye, it, uh, it was awesome. Thanks to the two of you. I, I really enjoyed it as well. And my name is Darvell. Now that I have composed myself for my major laughing fit there. Oh, that was just that was just brilliant, Ben. And the reason why it was so funny was because it was it was too soon, but that made it even funnier, especially Brandy's reaction. But yeah, it's been it's been awesome. There's still a couple of episodes to look forward to, so be looking forward to that, peeps. Um, Brandy, I'm glad you glad you glad you came back for this, and <clears throat> looking forward to us being to get all three of us being together one more time when we get to the series recap. So, yeah, peeps, see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.